Welcome to 15 with Christine. Shella Silla, owner of Sister Golf, is our special guest today. Let's get started. On 15 with Christine, we talk about all things business growth. But before we dive in, I want to remind you where you can find the live broadcast. I'll come to you live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook. Hit the subscribe button and you won't miss an episode. My goal with 15 with Christine is to introduce you to people who can help you take your business, your career to the next level and hopefully equip you with some tools and ideas to do just that. Welcome, Shella. So glad to have you on 15 with Christine. Good morning, Christine. I'm excited and happy to be here. It's great to see you. You know, Shella, I know we've known each other for about two years. We, you know, connected at a number of business networking events, and it's so great to have friends on the show. Um, but the first question I'd like to ask you, would love to give everyone the chance to hear the sister golf story, you know, about your background and how you really came up with the idea for Sister Golf. Sure thing, Christine. Well, I really can't go into the Sister Golf story without giving you a little bit about my background. Yes. And my background started out in the area of corporate banking and commercial real estate financing many moons ago when I was living down in Florida. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I was tasked with, with from my supervisor from my boss was to go out and get deals to bring business to the bank. And that was to the tune of half a million dollars monthly in new loan originations and about $200,000 monthly in new deposits. Oh, wow. And so, so Shella, can you tell us like what, what type of business owners were you calling on to accomplish those goals? And those, those sound like pretty big numbers. Oh, yeah. Well, I was calling on people who were um, who had warehouses or one mm -hmm. of my clients was actually a ladies handbag and luggage um, wholesaler. Mm -hmm. So I had um, manufacturers. I had um, real estate businesses or people who were looking to purchase real estate. Um, yes. Commercial real estate, that is, or people who needed maybe lines of credit to finance mm -hmm. their accounts receivables. So right. if they were in any type of um, products business, that's what I was doing. So I was assigned a territory and basically I would have to go out and canvas that territory. Yes. Um, and a lot of it just required just knocking on doors, trying to get to know the business owners in the area um, and finding out what their business needs were. And telling them what the bank's products and services were. And part of my training included, well, Shella, one of the things that help the most successful business bankers is to kind of develop your centers of influence, which is, mm -hmm. you know, participate in networking events, go to chamber events and make friends with people like CPAs or financial advisors because they right. dealt with the type of businesses that I was looking to be able to finance. And so they would be great referral sources. 
So I was doing all the things, you know, they were saying, you know, you want to have at least five touch points or appointments per week. So I was doing those things, going out, canvassing the neighborhoods, knocking on doors, meeting Mm -hmm. the local businesses, going to chamber events, um, collecting business cards, following up with um, accountants and and financial advisors and, and people in the industry. And despite doing all of that, I still found it really, really challenging in order to meet those numbers. And I was coming in early and leaving late. And what I kind of found was, yes, my colleagues who were mostly all men were doing some of the same things, but I also found that they were making it look a lot easier (laughs) and they were achieving those numbers and even exceeding the numbers. Um, doing what I felt was less than what I was doing. And mm-hmm. notably what I saw was, you know, every Friday at three o'clock, they'd leave and go play golf. Right. And, and what at, were you doing Friday at three o'clock? At, for, I was still at my desk. I exactly. I go through, you know, all of the people who I had contacted yes. and following up and sending, you know, follow-up emails or thank you cards and notes and all of those things and trying to... Um, schedule my calendar for the following week so I can have the appropriate number of touch points again as my training had so clearly dictated that these were the steps to success. Yes. You know, you have a certain number of calls, a certain number of touch points, a certain mm-hmm. amount of activities that you had to, you know, it was all in the numbers. It was a numbers yes. game and the results would come. So were but, you frustrated that you were you were doing the numbers game? Mm-hmm. But you weren't seeing the results that what other other guys on the team were? Correct. I was doing the numbers game and I just was not seeing the same results that my colleagues were getting. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the end of the month would come, we'd have our monthly sales meeting and they would, you know, do the roll call and it would be, hey, George, congratulations. You closed, you know, a million and a half this month. Great job, you know. Hey, Richard, congratulations. You closed 750000 this month. Great job. And then they would you know, systematically go down the list from highest to lowest. And there I was once again at the bottom. Oh, Shella, you know, you closed 100000 this month. Um, you missed your goal by 400000 You know, we need to schedule a one-on-one and let's see how we can help you with that, which was really more like code for if you don't get it together and get it together quickly, there will be consequences. Right. So of course that was very scary and daunting. And I was really looking for a solution and trying to figure out what it was that they were doing right and what I was doing wrong. And um, fortunately, one of the guys kind of befriended me and said, Shella, you should really join us when we go out and, you know, play golf with potential clients. And so what was, happened next? So it was something that I, you know, thought about, but I just felt like I probably would be a fish out of water. I didn't see any other women doing it. Yeah. But for me, it was do or die, sink or swim. And I felt like mm-hmm. this could possibly be something to, you know, save my career. And it was like, okay, well, let me just go ahead and give it a, a shot. So I started taking some lessons. And surprisingly, I ended up really enjoying it. So that was one thing I did not expect. And then what, what did you enjoy? 
So I enjoyed being outdoors. I enjoyed once I learned how to hit a ball, the feeling that you get from hitting a ball, um, just being out in nature. It was just an ex uh, experience that I did not think that I would enjoy. I mean, you know, I was this girly girl who did, had no interest <laughs> in being outside and perspiring and sweating and breaking a fingernail or any of that. Right. So, um, but it ended up being a, um, a lot of fun. And so when I um, came back into the office and I reported back to my colleagues, hey guys, I'm taking lessons and this is what I've done so far. Now it's all of a sudden was a way for us to connect in a different way mm -hmm. instead of just over business. Yeah. And so it kind of helped to improve my relationships with my colleagues as well. So um, how golf really ended up helping me was the next time the bank sponsored a golf tournament, I was able to raise my hand and say, yes, I'll participate instead mm -hmm. of self-excluding like so many of us women do. Right. And when I did participate, what I found was I was the only female. So there was me and a hundred guys. And because it's just you and all men, it does wonders for your visibility. So everybody wants to know, well, who is that, you know, woman, you know, on the first tee? Is she there just for registration? Is she there, you know, to drive the beer cart or is she actually participating? And I was actually participating. And even though I was a brand new golfer and my game really was terrible, and I mean terrible, it was more like I was bowling <laughs> than golfing, it really ended up paying off because I made several contacts, those centers of influence that my yes. boss had referred to, you know, at the outset, um, I was able to connect with a CPA who became not only a client, but referred a lot of business to me. Awesome. And as a result of that, I went from not being able to meet my goal to really becoming a member of the Million Dollar Club. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, so that how was did you translate this into a business? Well, so the light bulb kind of went off because what I noticed was this is a real opportunity for women because there are so many um, golf tournaments that take place every year sponsored by companies that they're looking for people to participate in. But as women, we self-exclude because we think that the guys don't want us there or that we're mm -hmm. not clean up and nothing could be further from the truth. Number one, they do welcome us and want us there. Yes. And number two, you don't have to be great. At it, so I felt like this was the best kept secret that no one yeah. knew out here. Do you think women need to kind of take down those self-imposed limitations? Absolutely, because what I heard you say is we're we're wanted there. Mm -hmm. I mean, who doesn't want to be outside enjoying the day, getting to know people, away from screens, right? Yes, <laughs> and you're serious about it. Doesn't matter. You don't have to be really good. I'm one hundred percent. I wish I could drill this down into the brain of every woman. I think we all, you know, inherit that embarrassment gene that we're like, right. we don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to get out there and look like we don't know, know what we're doing. And in order to build um, confidence, we feel, you know, you need to be competent. So at the very minimum, you do want to be able to make contact with the ball. You want your club to hit the ball. Okay. But it doesn't have to be a beautiful or a pretty shot because okay. golf is really 
difficult game and it takes years and years and years to become really good. But if you could just get out there, have a good time, hit the ball consistently, know the rules of the game, show up dressed appropriately yes. and know the etiquette like, OK, don't speak or, you know, or make noise while somebody else is teeing off. OK, Literally, you can use it or leverage it as a way to really make those connections that count. Because people do business with people who they know, like, and trust. And that know, like, and trust quotient multiplies, you know, like tenfold over that four and a half hours that you get to spend uninterrupted with someone on the golf course. So, Shella, quickly, what kind of women seek you out to be part of Sister Golf? Usually um, women who are in male-dominated industries mm -hmm. and where the guys still use golf or any other sort of, you know, outside activity as a way of connecting and making those yes. deals. I mean, we hear it all the time. All the, all the large deals are made on the golf course. So if you're a client facing and you're out doing any type of business development and you're in IT or you're in banking or you're in construction or you're in commercial real estate. Yeah, um, that's a long list. All of those types of industries, you know, even pharmaceuticals are the types of industries where the networking still takes place around the golf course. And a lot of times the women are missing out yeah. because they are self-excluding. Well, Shella, fantastic conversation. Thank you for coming on today. Um, here's where you can learn more about Shella and Sister Golf. Um, look up Sister Golf on Facebook or go to www.sistergolf.com or you can connect with Shella on LinkedIn. I'm going to be part of one of her next events and I can't wait. Um, thank you, Shella. Um, viewers, really appreciate you watching and listening today. Um, join us Thursday, August 12th for our next 15 with Christine. We'll hear from Will Slappy, CEO at Slappy Communications, about they how they help their clients work efficiently, grow and thrive. By any chance, are you here in the great state of Alabama? Would you like to share how you help businesses grow? Reach out if you'd like to talk about being a guest. Until next time.